Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Washington offers a block. The blitz comes from the other side. Jaquel Jackson. And now again, Jaquel Jackson. You're listening to Believe in Colts with co-hosts Lawrence Owen and Dequell Jackson, bringing you the latest and greatest about the shoe. Brady, middle, intercepted by Dequell Jackson. Playfake, Ryan, intercepted, picked off at the five, touchdown Dequell Jackson. What's going on, Colts Nation? We are back with another episode of Believe in Colts. Uh, walking into the wild card round for this 2021-2022 NFL season. Obviously, you know the Indianapolis Colts are not going to be part of it because well, they laid in, uh, an egg. Uh, I'll be nice this time <laughs> say they laid an egg in Jacksonville. Uh, but we got, we still got, you know, life goes on. We're going to continue to bring the content out to you. And, well, DeQuell. Yes, sir. How are, you, how are you doing, my guy? Doing well. Doing well. I can't complain. There's a lot of great football this weekend, a lot of great matchups, and uh, a lot of underdogs that I, I think that uh, have a chance to uh, to win a playoff game. So it's going to be interesting to see how this weekend unfolds. I I actually completely agree. There's, there's one big one that we'll talk about later I think will shock some people uh, in, in my pick on that game. But – you know, now that we know that the uh, the Colts are in, um, we just got done talking to some members of the the Colts organization. The, the guys are not in no more. They they left. They went home, right. uh, cleaned their locker rooms out, all that neat stuff. Did their Oof. I don't know was it exit physicals? I, I assume yeah, something like that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, they call them exit meetings. It's okay. uh, based on your position group. For instance, in my years playing, you know, you come in, you probably don't watch the film. You come in the next day after the game. You'll have a meeting with your position coach. You'll have a meeting with your strength coach. He'll give you a he'll give you a booklet of what he expects uh, the workouts to be before you come back in March. Uh, then you would, based on who you are, based on the time. Typically, I would usually meet with the head coach. You know, I was one of the captains on the team, and just he wanted to get my perspective of how I thought things played out, what we could have done differently. Things of that nature. And most of the time it ends up becoming this, this conversation about, you know, what can I do better as a player? How do you see myself and how you envision myself in the future? So I know towards the later part of my career, I appreciate it. I look forward to those meetings because it gave me an insight and it gave me time and access to the head coach and maybe GM that you normally wouldn't have because you're in and out of meetings and you're back and forth from practicing. They have other scouting meetings they have to get to and things of that nature. So I think it's necessary. I think it's valuable because coaches take note of, okay, my top guy says we could have done this differently. We could have done that differently. And some young guys don't really go that route. They don't talk to the young guys about that because they don't really, they understand, they don't really fully understand the business of football. So it'll be a select few of guys who they would go they would dive deep into conversation about the season. And I'm pretty sure Carson Wentz had a very long meeting with the GM, the head coach, Darius Butler, same GM, head coach, and particularly the owner in some instances. So it's definitely a not, it's definitely a sad time, you know, to see everyone clean out your lockers. Everyone gets this big black 
trash bag and you're cleaning out locker and you look around the locker room and you understand every season is different. So there's a great chance your buddy, your locker mate, whomever may or may not be there next year. And it can be a completely, totally different team. Rarely do you see the same team line up the, the next year as the, the previous year. So we've only seen a team like the Buccaneers be able to return all 22 starters. And that's unheard of. So I'm pretty sure and pretty confident there's going to be a lot of, not a lot, a significant amount of turnover, whether it be a coordinator, whether it be players, there's going to be a lot of moving parts this offseason for sure. Absolutely. And we talked about uh, right beforehand, you know, still got games this weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want to bet on those, bet online. Uh, would like to wish you a happy new year as we continue our march through the playoffs and beyond. Bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. The new year and the new updated desktop and mobile website. Go visit them. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. You just got to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get started. I mean, you still have football. We got basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the truly amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts now you've been in situations like this uh multiple times in in your in your career um many with the the browns the there was times with the the colts you know mm -hmm. where you know the season just didn't end up where you really wanted it uh right. and you had to go home after the last game of the season what's going through your mind in a disappointing season like this yeah you want to get around people that love you because a lot is invested mentally and physically within the season, you know, starting from March, from March into January. So it's a long, grueling process. And I know for me, I wanted to go vacation. So I would take a month where I would, my wife and I, we would go vacation, relax, not think about football, put football down for a minute, kind of recharge the batteries. And then after that month, I was back on my routine of working out five days a week, watching some film. Now I was doing a deep dive into myself and how I could be better. Have meetings with my agent. Every year we would tally up how many plays I was a part of to kind of gauge on how I need to prepare going into the next season. So, but a lot of guys don't do that. A lot of guys are, you know, <laughs> they're, they don't have plans. <laughs> A lot of young guys are trying to figure it out. You know, how do I navigate through this offseason? How do I be better for my team? And a lot of a lot of times you're having meetings with these agents and you're talking about a potential you're undrafted, you're going to be an undrafted free agent, or you have money tied up in a roster bonus that you're probably unlikely to see. So there's a lot that goes into it right afterwards, but you're emotionally and physically drained. You just want to be around good people have a good time, have some drinks, uh, you know, whatever it is that you do to kind of decompress and remove yourself away from football. That's the best medicine I realized for myself. And it's a chance for you to go back home, go back home, man, and, and relax and, and do all those good things. And, and hopefully, probably in a month or so, the coaches will reach out. They will give you some film, uh, some plays to watch. 
now they start to formulate a plan and, and now that 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 you know evolving door kind of happens in terms of preparation okay okay um during the off season like you say about a month after or so you start hearing about quarterbacks getting with their wide receivers you know yes. or or something yeah. like that throwing around does is that only that specific group of people that do that do do defensive guys get together with some of their guys because you never hear that at all and i'm just curious right no yeah defensive guys will usually i've only been a part of that one time where colt mccoy he was the guy who ended the season in cleveland at the quarterback position he was in austin texas he was able to reserve a field we hung out. I mean, it was a really good time in the offseason where not only were the offensive guys a part of it, they allowed us defensive guys to to basically work a seven on seven. And it's rarely it's rare to get that many guys on schedule at the same time in the same place to work on your football. So I thought it was a great only I've only been a part of that one time in my life. I thought it was great. Defensive guys, a lot of guys connect with going on trips. They bring their families or they take a guy's trip and just that way you could talk about the season. You don't have big brother looking over your shoulder and you can hash out some things you need to hash out. And it creates a bond. It creates rapport within your unit and throughout your your side of the football. So I think it's for the most part, quarterbacks, quarterbacks and receivers, they need timing. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure we're going to hear a lot of all season work with Carson Wentz and the receiving core that he does have because there's no secret. I think he was affected by the passing game by not being, not having the off season to really hash out and talk about route running, to get on the same page and to do all those things that quite frankly, you neglect at times. You don't understand the importance of them mm-hmm. until you actually get to the season. You, and we've, and we witnessed that for 17 weeks. So I think it's going to be a huge component of Frank Wright and Chris Ballard pushing, hey, listen, we need as much work as possible. You're basically on a one-year deal, a one-year tryout deal. When you come back, we expect a certain level of continuity between receiver and and quarterback. So I think that'll be a huge focal point, especially for the Colts. And it's a huge focal point for most most quarterback and receiver um, combinations. Wow, man, I'll tell you what, I don't expect any of the players to actually listen to this, but if it does, take a page from what DeQuell is saying. If Carson gets a hold of you, or if by, by chance Carson's yeah. listening to this, you know, <laughs> don't just go grab your receivers and stuff. Go out there, right. grab right. Darius, grab uh your Rocky Sin and and yeah, and, and, it's gonna and be important corners and stuff, man. Yes, and work out together, hang out. I bet that would be a huge benefit. And would also bring the team together, I would think, you know, even right, more right. so because, you know, how often do offensive guys, you know, reach out to defensive guys and, and be like, hey, you right. know, let's, let, let's work out on, on a one-on-one basis. You said it only happened one time in your entire career. My entire that, career. That that would go huge into, you know, oh, yeah. boosting that level of, of confidence in his leadership on the team itself. So you – you spark a, a thought in my head when I was in Indianapolis for the recognition of Robert Mathis mm-hmm. joining the Ring of Honor. I was around Reggie 
and Edron James and um, Antoine Bethay, uh, you know, a lot of guys, uh, Gary Brackett, a lot of guys who had played together and won a Super Bowl together. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed. So one night we go out, we all smoke cigars. We're out smoking cigars and having a good time and chopping it up and talking football, all these good things. And they start talking about the good times they they had together in the offseason. And I was shocked. And I was shocked, but I wasn't shocked. It was like it made sense why this team was so successful and obviously winning the Super Bowl and winning many games, many, um, you know, big football games. They hung out. They talked about some of the moments they shared leading up to the Super Bowl in the offseason, you know, going to Atlanta, going to D.C., going to different places. And at that moment, it, it, it uh, a light bulb went off. It's like, man, I really didn't – I never was a part of that. You think you've experienced everything in your 11 years, but those guys enjoy being around each other. And it, mm-hmm. in turn – and as a result, you get better continuity. You understand each other's players. Um you trust each other is building. So all those things matriculate and spill over to the football field on Sundays. That's that's freaking fantastic. It, it's great that you could still, you know, learn more things even after you retire, just from seeing guys that have played it, you know, uh, whether it's on a different team or a different era or whatnot. I, I, I would love to have been a fly on the wall. Right, in, situa- <laughs> yeah. in, in some I felt like a fly on the wall at that <laughs> It was amazing to hear some of the stories. Some of the stories I can't tell over, over this <laughs> microphone, but it was amazing, man. It was amazing just to how did these guys just lit up talking about some of the fun times they experienced together. And you talk about we have to try to, uh, you know, get guys together more often, you know, because when we're all together, regardless of whether you play together or not, it's just a fraternity of brothers and you share similar struggles and similar successes. So it's all good and fun. Absolutely. Um, so we were talking about Carson and trying to get guys together. Well, there's, you know, speculation that, you know, Frank Reich is going to bring a veteran quarterback in this offseason to compete against Carson Wentz. Now, we have talked about this mm-hmm. plenty of times there's not a lot of options really out there to go get. I mean, do do you go for, do you try to make a big splash play or do you go for someone that, you know, when I'm saying big splash play, I mean, Mm -hmm. like, do you try to go get a a Russell or, or something like that? Or do you, uh, grab someone that, you know, Asset skill wise, things like that would just Yeah, I was gonna say, go ahead and say it. Not not Brian Hoyer. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, Brian. I don't want a Brian no, Hoyer. No, yeah, no. I, I said that already <laughs> earlier. That's why you were saying that. But I mean, where 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 would they go? What would they do to to, to bring a, a veteran in? They've already invested a first and a third in Carson Wentz going out and trading for another quarterback. You know, if you're if you're going for a big guy, you're investing even more into that mm-hmm. position. Is is it worth it? And uh, if if it's not, then 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 where do you go? What are you targeting to to bring in to to compete with Lentz? I think that's going to be the focal point of all their meetings from the front office standpoint from this day on until the regular season begins. Because if you get it wrong, 
it becomes a fireball offense. They have to get this portion right because this team before last season, this team was a champ had a, in my opinion, was a championship roster. And most people, and I would include myself into this conversation of you were one piece away from bringing in a guy on the center that could, you know, take this team to the next level. However, as a GM, I think you have to not take anything off the table because of the ramifications of getting it wrong will cost you ultimately your job. So I think if an opportunity, you have to go out and speak to Russell Wilson's camp. You have to go out and, and speak to Aaron Rodgers' camp. You have to go out and, and do what's best for your football team. And if things materialize in those two corners, then I think you have to assess where you are as a team, what, you know, obviously money plays a part in salary cap and all that different things. But if you don't make a splash, I think you really have to do a, I really don't know anyone off the top of my head that I could say that can come in and compete with Carson Wentz at the quarterback position. My head is spinning. The first name that comes to mind is Huntley. Is it Huntley over at uh, with the Ravens? Yeah, he he's shown a lot of people of late. He's actually a really good quarterback given the circumstance with no, you know, all the injuries that Baltimore had had, um, had, had it throughout the season. And as much as they put on the quarterback's shoulders, is he a guy that be available? Because we go back to the success Frank Wright had at Philadelphia. He won with basically two quarterbacks. Carson Wentz for part of the year. And um, oh, my mind is slipping his name. Uh, uh, perennial backup. He won with a backup quarterback to win the Super Bowl. And he was a, a dual threat quarterback, a guy that could use his legs as well as his arm. And as well as an offense being dynamic. So I think Frank Wright has to figure out, one, what type of offense will he run? If you have a guy that led the league in rushing and Jonathan Taylor, and you have a quarterback that has the arm strength and the ability to make all the throws, but in 17 weeks was out of sync because I listened to his presser, Frank Wright's presser, and he spoke a little bit about midseason of them becoming more run-centric and how that could have affected the passing game and the development of the passing game and the rhythm and all these different things. So to go back to your original question, I think from a front office standpoint, you have to do best for your team. And if that entails making a splash and getting one of these guys that's disgruntled, that's proven winners at the quarterback position, I think it's in your team's best interest to entertain it. But you're going to have to do it secretly because we've seen this happened once before with Carson Wentz and yeah. the quarterback in the shadow affecting his mental ability to play the game. I think that's when we started to see kind of the downturn of Carson Wentz and his production when there was always the, the backup quarterback who won the Super Bowl that's hovering over him. And it was always this pressure to, to, to live up to that. So it's a very delicate situation, but in the end, you got to do what's best for your, your, your franchise and, I don't know of a guy, I don't know of many guys who would be available to step in and say, I'd much rather have him than Carson. See, I don't know if I would go secret, personally. I think being open and honest with, with your guy 
would 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 leave you in a in a better situation, like more comfortable with him. You know, yeah. Be right. like, hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna try to find somebody that's going right. to push you to make you a better quarterback. Hopefully, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, uh, there is a name that comes to mind, but it's it's incredibly hypothetical. What mm-hmm. if the Washington football team make a move and get the quarterback this year? What about Tyler Heineke? He okay, okay. That that is uh that's a guy that I've watched a lot of because I'm in this DC area. He's actually a guy that surprised a lot of people this year. Yeah. Uh he could he he, he his ability to run, escape the pocket, throw the ball down the field. He seems to know where he's going with the football. So that's actually a really good uh a really good a really good player to think of. But do you think the Washington football team be willing to give him up? What do you have to give up to get it? Yeah, you know, and that what cost? So all these things play a di- mm-hmm. all these factors. There's many different factors that goes into you know who you can get and uh, if they're available or not. And quite frankly, giving up a first and a third for Carson, this next decision by Frank Wright and Chris Ballard will be a fireball offense. Could ultimately cost them their job. Yeah, a also, lot of people already want that already. Now those are knee jerk reactions. Uh, right. In my opinion, because if you look at what Reich and Ballard have done in their tenure, I think they've done a very good job overall. But, right. you know, the last two games, knee jerk reaction is, you know, we need to make major changes. <laughs> right, right. And, and, to, and to Frank Reich's credit, he's had four quarterbacks in four different mm-hmm. years. So he doesn't have a quarterback to really grasp the concept of the offensive scheme. And this past year, he had to adapt on the fly. He realized, wow, I got a stud in the backfield. I have to rip up everything that we practice in the offseason and become more run centric. So you give him next year, you see the development of Carson Wentz because you know, you know how as well as I do, the quarterback and the head coach are, are tied together. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's going to be a lot of decisions. It's going to be interesting to see how this offseason unfolds within the Colts organization defensively, are they going to add more pass rush? I know you're able to get after the ball or create turnovers, but will they be looking to beef up the the defensive room a little bit? Um, Because they all play, obviously they played better as the season progressed, but when the game counted, when the game was on the line, your pro bowlers didn't step up. And it's, again, you want to avoid the knee jerk reaction, but, that's the product you put on the field. So we talk about that. Yeah, we talk about that pass rush. I don't know if I trust Ballard to drop more uh, uh, draft capital into the defensive line on the pass rush. Uh, right. No offense, but, I mean, how many second and first round picks has he used to get pass rushers on this defensive line? And right. we are still sitting where we're sitting, you know. Uh, he, he obviously has his strengths in where he drafts and he has his weaknesses in where he drafts. And I think his draft weakness, one of them is that pass rush. Uh, now obviously he's great at the offensive line. He's great at running backs, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and things of that. He's gotta, he's, he's gotta be able to find a difference maker on offense. He's gotta find a guy that's dynamic. That's uh, positionless in a sense, a guy that can catch the football, run with the football. You got to have a you ha- you have to be able to change things up a bit and you need just a, a guy that can do it all. And I know that's easier said than done, 
but you got to find a difference maker. If Carson Wentz is going to be your guy for the future, you have to give him help. You got to give this guy some help, someone that can stretch the field, a big target. And so when you call upon this offense to make plays in the passing game, you know what to expect and there's confidence behind it. With Jonathan Taylor being that guy at running back, would it make sense to see if Naheem Hines wants to move to a wide receiver position and maybe play slot? I think he'll have a bigger role to answer that. I think he will have a bigger role going into next year because now you know you can rely heavily on Jonathan Taylor to run in between the tackles. And so now he's a third down back, Naeem Himes. He's great out of the backfield. So, again, he could be that difference maker. Mm -hmm. He could be a guy that understands the offense, and he creates a mismatch anytime you have a guy like myself, a linebacker that's guarding a quick um, uh, quick uh, twitch guy like Naeem Himes. So I most definitely foresee him having a bigger role in this offense next year. Yeah, uh, I mean, his, his, uh, his snap percentage – uh, only dropped four percent this year, but his targets dropped significantly. He um by yeah. by almost like a third, right? Well, yeah, because JT can do it all. Yeah, he can legit do it all. So you're gonna have to create more packages where it's a 20 20 personnel, two backs, no tight ends. Now you have two guys in a running back position that are more than capable of catching the ball out of the backfield, and they threaten you with the run. So you can have a an open formation five wide or you can you know have them in shotgun and you do some misdirection that, that there's going to be if frank wright is who we think he is he's going to be able to expand with the guys the core guys that he does have because he has a good group of core young guys that he can lean on it's just i don't i think the season every season is different i think the season kind of you know uh, just the hand that he was given he had to rely heavily on that run, and it kind of shrunk and condensed an offense from a from a dynamic standpoint. Talking about uh, the quarterback and the running backs, I got a couple stats I want to uh, throw out there real quick. Between Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, they both, their completion percentage dropped by 12 and 14% respectively each from last year to this year between Phillip Rivers throwing him the football, Carson Wentz oh, throwing him wow. the football, the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Also, yak yards dropped dramatically yards uh, after catch between yeah. Phillip Rivers and Carson Wentz. Is this a Carson Wentz issue? Does he not know how to throw screens and hit running backs out of the yeah. backfield? Or is this a situation where – you know, he's just not looking at them soon enough to hit them in those positions. Yeah, I've always said about Carson, I'm not going to – everyone would agree he has all the physical tools. He's the he's what you want in a quarterback. What separates other guys from Carson right now is decision-making. You take the check down and let your stud running back or Naheem Himes, who's elusive in the open field, Create that yak, create that mismatch. So now, you know, you're either playing with a smaller personnel group to defend these guys, and it only adds to your advantage what you can do offensively. So, yeah, I think it's direct correlation of a veteran guy who played the game at such a high clip. He understood how to maintain or sustain drives as opposed to a guy that's a gunslinger, and he's, his only mindset is to, to go big or go home. So I think it's the direct correlation of that. Let those guys eat. Let those guys 
make the game easier for you. Tom Brady hasn't survived for 100 years playing the quarterback position by throwing the ball and chunking the ball down the field. And he majored in taking what the, the defense will give you. Mm-hmm. And he allowed his guys to go make plays because he never really had the, a legit number one or number two receivers. So he had to figure out a way to spread the field, open the field up, and rely on the guys and their ability to get first downs and make guys miss. So he had Carson a won a couple years with Randy yeah, Moss, but yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. years. But that, that <laughs> that's been my issue with 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 Wentz. And when you watch him play, just sometimes you can live to see another day. It's okay punting. It's okay chunking the ball, you know, throwing it away throwing it away or giving it to your running back. And if he doesn't get the first down, he still feels like he's involved and he's getting his touches. So he's always going to be ready. Mm -hmm. So that's a great stat. Sometimes, sometimes a quarterback needs to be able to read a defense and see as the play is snapped, as he's making his drop back, what the coverage is and immediately realize Immediate re- immediately realize, you know what? I just need to dump it off to my running back as he's running that out route or, you know, uh, right. the wheel route or whatever it is, you know, into the flat right. so that he can just catch and run, you know, right. because right. there's multiple times where I've watched where he just waited way too long. He went through all of his wide receiver progressions and mm-hmm. then was like, well, there's nothing there. And then there's already pressure in his face and he's trying to right. chuck it, you know, like what we right. always talk about, trying to check yeah. who is running back. <laughs> right. we, we don't want to see that, you know. Right. You, you got to be able to read the defense and and make that decision early. Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, you know, Manning, all these guys, they knew how to read and know, you know what? By the time I'm already back in my, in my step, whether it's a three-step, five-step, seven-step, doesn't matter. By the time you get back there, You've mm-hmm. already went through your first read, maybe your second read, right. and you see why that is. That's the time when you decide whether or not to dump the football off. Right. And Wentz waits way too long yeah. sometimes. It's anticipation. It's anticipating mm-hmm. guys being open and making a quick, decisive decision early and often before the linebackers get to the top of the drops. You're already mm-hmm. dumped the ball off to Naheem Himes or Jonathan Taylor, and now the you put the the linebackers in a bind because they have so much space to make up Mm -hmm. to tackle an elusive guy who's a tough tackle in the the first place. So I don't think, I think he needs another year. And if he can understand those type of things and he can play, if you can know what to expect from Carson Wentz, how he's going to, he's going to be a clear decision maker. I think that clears a lot of the issues that, that occurred this past year. Now, on paper, we've talked about it at length. On paper, he's had a really good season on paper, and I won't deny it. He's had a really good season, but he was brought in to be spectacular, and he wasn't spectacular at all this year for the duration of a game. And when they needed him the most, he wasn't spectacular. And to garner a 20-plus million dollar annual salary, you need to be spectacular. Teams are paying you to be spectacular, not to be good they need you for those moments and i think that's right now because of the last game because it was such a poor performance from everyone because there's Mm -hmm. more there's a lot of blame to pass around obviously we know how the quarterback position goes you you take most of the credit and you take most of the credit when you lose and when you win so 
there's hope. Uh, I had enough time to to sit back and and really evaluate everything and not let my emotions take over, which is very it was very hard to do, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you lose to a two and fourteen team, a team that has the number one overall pick. That's not a good that good playoff playoff football teams don't lose to teams like that. So I won't go down that route. <laughs> no, no, I we we already had our our stream of of you know. Emotions. You know, you know what I thought was interesting? Mike Wells from Yeah. Who's a uh reporter for the Colts? He asked a question during Frank Wright's presser mm-hmm. about oh crap, what was the question? He asked about oh what was it? Zach Kiefer had a good question about the four quarterbacks in four years. And how that could, you know, frustrate him as a as a head coach and his system, yada yada yada. But Mike Wells asked a question. I'll come back. I'll remember it in a second. But uh, it was a really good presser, I thought. And I thought Frank Wright was very, very honest, very honest about some of the some of the questions that, that were asked. Oh, I know what it is. Mike Wells asked about the meeting that. Frank Wright and Chris Ballard had immediately after the game. And he asked, was that standard practices? And was, did he meet with Ursay after the loss of against the Bills last year? And he couldn't recall. And Frank Wright went on to, to say, no, it's not standard practice to meet right after the game. So that tells me that Mr. Ursay was, he was heated just like the rest of us. Oh, yeah. He cared just like the rest of us in that I'm sure they left that meeting knowing that they need to fix the problem and they need to find a solution sooner rather than later. And I thought oh. that was just an interesting point that he brought up and that uh, Frank Wright actually you know, answered it honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, the great thing about Jim Mercer, yes, this is a business. He's, he's in it to make money. But at the same time, he is a fan of his own team. He wants to win. And, you know, a game like that, he was just like us sitting there watching the game mm-hmm. pissed off. Right. right. So, right. you know, I, I completely get that. I understand it. We talk about how much uh, the Colts need to do some changes this offseason. There's not a lot to work with um, right now when it comes to, you know, draft capital. I mean, we don't have our first round pick. Right. Money wise, we're a little on the tight spot, being that we have a lot of major positions that we're going to try to be filling. Uh, right. left tackle. I don't. I, I'm. I don't think yeah. Fisher will be back. I yeah. really don't. He's had a really. He was good in the run game, but when it came to the pass protection, he was. He was bad. Yeah, he struggled. Yeah, he, I agree. Yeah. Um, you, you people talk about well, we need that second wide receiver. You know, well, where's right. that going to come from? You know, I mean, right. Um, obviously, you know, T. Y. Hilton talking about possibly retiring. Jack Doyle talking about possibly retiring. Uh, right. People say, hey, even you mentioned we need more pass rush. Well, where's that going to come from? You right. know, uh, right. there's just not a lot of money slash draft capital to go out there and get a lot this season. Yeah. So you talk, it's a lot of decision making right now. And uh, it's all on the shoulders of Chris Ballard, who yeah. I think has done for the most part a good job during his tenure here. But after the way you lose, the way you lose in the season, yeah, it yeah. brings up a lot. Yeah, it, it makes you question everyone. Mm-hmm. And you're only 
we had, we had a saying in the National Football League, you're only good as, good as your last game. And this was not the game to end the season on, a win in your end situational game, and you just flat out lay an egg. You got out coached, you got out played. And speaking of free agents, you're right. The Colts don't have a, a, enough wiggle room financially to go out and make a huge splash unless you get rid of a lot of moving pieces that I don't, I'm not sure you're w- willing to give up. Because in Chris Ballard's, what I believe to be his philosophy is building through the draft mm-hmm. and and developing through the draft, developing players. So the quarterback is the number one issue for obvious reasons. The left tackle, second issue. I mean, that's going to be – I think you you look at guys like Quiddy Pay, uh, Bobby, he, he played um, – he played phenomenal down the stretch on defense. I think you got young guys who, with another year of experience, with an offseason together, I think they could really hit their stride. So, obviously, you know, Xavier Rhodes, may or may, we don't know what his future yeah. will hold. So, you're going to need some help on the back end. Again, you have a lot of young, talented uh, players, but yet you're, you're a few pieces away, but the – you know, I hate to keep going back to Wentz, but the quarterback position is the most important position mm-hmm. on your football team. And so if you get that corrected and you start off the gate at a much higher clip, you know, they can they can they'll be able to to play through some of these expectations we have for this team before the season began. But there's a there's, there's some legitimate there isn't a ton of holes on this team, but there's enough. They have holes in impactful positions where it matters the most. And they're going to have to they're really going to have to prove it this year. Oh, I really feel like this conversation we're having right now is going to sound a lot different. And because there's going to be a lot of uh, they may not be a coach at this point next year. If this season, if 2022 season ends up like this past season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to, we're to the point now, uh, we're going to do something that we have not done all season and that's pick games that were not Colts games because Colts don't have games this week, you know, anymore for the rest of this, you know, uh, NFL season. Um, so we're, we're going to pick the wild card games, uh, who, who we choose, uh, for this, this weekend. Um, my first and former, we're going to go by when they play. So, like, the first game okay. this weekend will be the Raiders visiting Cincinnati. Okay. Who you got and why in this game? It's tough because I, I look at the Raiders and I look at what they had to overcome this year. Mm-hmm. No head coach. They're playing inspiring football. It's easy to get behind a team that 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 finds their way and playing inspiring. Everyone loves uh, uh, the underdog story. And I think they're going into Cincinnati with an underdog mentality, even though Joe Burrow and the Bengals have, have, have played well. I have to go with the hot hand. I have to go with Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders because I, I just love what they're doing. They beat our team in a close football game. They've had some issues with the, some players. I, I I really think they have a chance to to go into Cincinnati and win a football game. That's 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 odd. I, I was going to go the exact same route. Uh, <laughs> and and it's not just what they did to the Colts. Okay, right, right, uh, right. They, they right. showed a lot of poise 
in yeah. their last game against the Chargers. Um, I, I like how Derek Carr is, has taken this team and Ooh. put it, put it on his shoulders with all the adversity that he has faced uh, right. as as the Raiders all season long. Right. And I like the Raiders' defense more than I like Cincinnati's defense. Mm. That Max Crosby dude is for real. Okay, yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. And and if he, if 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 the Bengals don't find a way of neutralizing Max, Joe <laughs> Burrow is going to be under pressure all game <laughs> long. I don't care if you do have Boyd and Higgins and Chase out there. Right, he ain't right. going to have time to get him the football. You know, right, so, right. So uh, I actually like the Raiders in this game as well, and uh, not very all. There's there's a couple couple teams out here I'm actually rooting for. I am rooting for the yeah. Raiders uh, because yeah. not just because they beat us, but just it's hard not that, to. They have that for. New Orleans Saints feel. Yeah, I, you know yeah. what I mean when they won that Super Bowl after you know mm-hmm. through through that whole situation of those right. few years back. Hurricane yeah. Katrina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so, that's a good go point. Yeah, yeah. The Ra- the Raiders are they're clicking at the right time. They're playing really mm-hmm. good football when it matters the most, and they're in the playoffs. And no one gave them a shot. And you mentioned all the you know one thing about Max Crosby, and we all know this: the greatest neutralizer is a pass rush. Mm-hmm. It's a guy that can get after the passer. So all eyes, I'm sure, going to be on that matchup or whoever he's uh, lining up against. Yeah, and and if they try to double team Max, they've got Yannick Ngagwe on the other side. Yeah, Maryland guy. So, he's a turp. He's a yeah. turp. Yeah, I know him very well. He he's a guy that's been so somewhat of a journeyman, but he's been productive. He just hasn't found the place that he can he can call home for the next few years. He's been uh, jump bouncing around a bit, but he's been Yannick has been extremely productive. Absolutely. Moving on to the next game, the Saturday eight o'clock game. We have two teams that the Colts you know, basically demolished during the regular season. Uh, <laughs> New England goes to Buffalo, and it's it's interesting. They're talking about this will be a near-zero temperature yes. game. Yes, and that favors the Buffalo Bills because not in my right mind would I ever choose New England Patriots to win anything. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. And especially so, they're playing in Buffalo. Ideal situations for Buffalo. You have a, a young man in, and uh, – Mac Jones, he's a Southern boy. He's never played in weather this cold. There's no way. There's going to there's gonna be a huge adjustment. Now, Last time they played in a game like this, he had three passes. <laughs> three passes. So he's never technically played in a game like this. So it's going to be interesting to see how they plan to attack the Buffalo Bills. But I, I give all the credit to um, uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. This is a, another moment where – you know, you're expecting to dominate. You last year and the year before, we all assumed the Buffalo Bills were going to dominate this conference for the next decade or so. And now Mac Jones and the you know a, a Bill Belichick led team has found a way to win a ton of games and beat people uh, off schedule. So, but with that being said, I have to go with the home team. I have to go with the Buffalo Bills and what they present and what they're playing for. Looks like you we're, we're going to match up pretty pretty well here. Uh, I have a ton of respect for Bill Belichick as a head coach. Yeah. I think that he's he's his career has been absolutely phenomenal, and this coming yeah. from a Colts fan, um, so you know, yeah. uh, nothing re- but respect for him and, and what he's done. 
and respect for what they've done this season after what happened last season. Uh, they, they, right. they've really turned their, their, uh, their team around this year, but I agree with you. I, I think this cold weather actually does favor uh, Buffalo as long as there's not 40 mile an hour winds like there was right. last time they played, right. you know, in, in this type of situation where, you know, it's going to affect Josh Allen's throwing. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you got the number one defense in football in Buffalo, which a lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize. Uh, right. I mean, and it's not just number one in one category. It's like five different, like <laughs> the five top categories in the NFL. <laughs> they are number one in. Uh, right. So, um, if there's a team out there that I actually like a lot, if I had a second team to root for in the NFL, it's Buffalo. I love how yeah. I'm a little questionable when it comes to their head coach. Okay. Mm. Um, uh, his decision-making and, 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 and the kind of play calls that he, he comes up with Sean McDermott really yeah. kind of makes me yeah. go, what, you know, uh, like, like fair not not running the football nearly as much as what they need to that kind of situation they've got talent running back they just don't run the football to help take that pressure off of josh and make him even more dynamic but i think they find a way especially in the cold weather to run the ball a little bit especially against um uh new england's questionable run defense right yes 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 yeah you're spot on there i don't disagree at all all right all right, so we both so far we're both. Uh, yeah, we're both. I, I have a. I know which game that I, I just know for sure you're not gonna. We're <laughs> definitely gonna disagree. <laughs> okay, okay. Philadelphia at Tampa Bay Sunday, one p.m. Mm, this is interesting. This it's not is for me. interesting. I think this is a blowout. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a blowout, but I do think. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this game. Yet yeah, we know the issues we've seen arise the last week or so with Antonio Brown. You have some key cogs that are going to be out uh, receiving wise. You're going to have to learn how to win differently. You're going to have to find another way to. Obviously, you're going to be relying on the run game. Hopefully, Fournette, uh, Leonard Fournette is back off a hamstring injury. So he's going to be massive in this game. But in terms of down the field targets and, and production, we've seen this team kind of stifle a bit without, you know, Mike Evans in the lineup and Goodwin out of the lineup. So there's going to be an adjustment period there. However, I do think the Buffalo or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just too talented uh, to not win this game. Their defense hasn't been the defense that we saw play last year last season throughout the playoffs now if they can get back on track this defense can get back on track playing well and playing together uh it's going to be scary they they have a they you know this team can make a run for the lombardi again in back-to-back years but i don't i don't think the eagles have enough firepower to just withstand what the what the tampa bay buccaneers have i just i I feel like they'll be overmatched even with all the injuries yeah now with with this this matchup they did play earlier in the year. Tampa Bay won 28-22, and that was during the the period where Tampa earlier in the season was much like the Colts. You know, they just weren't finding their stride yet. Right. Um. But, but similarly with the Eagles as well. You know, they they weren't really finding their stride as well. The Eagles found their stride in their run game. They are the number one run team in the NFL. But you're looking mm-hmm. at the Buccaneers' run defense. Okay. Right. And right. they are 
really, really good against the run. Fast and fast. And (laughs) if Jalen Hurts can't find a way to make plays through the air, this is going to be a dominant game. I think think Tom Brady and this Buccaneers team gets out to an early first quarter double-digit lead. The mm-hmm. run game then gets stifled, and it becomes a runaway. I, I think I think Tampa Bay blows the Eagles away in this game. Right? Yeah, yeah. I I don't think it's going to be a blow. I think they win, but I, I don't think they're going to they're going to surprise us. They're going to. Hmm? If they do, that's, that's great on Nick Sirianni because he's done a great job down there in Philly this year. Yeah, I, it's a long shot. It's really a long shot. And I think Jalen Jalen Hurts is going to have to use his legs a ton, yeah. even in the passing game. When yeah, aren't you know designated quarterback runs or RPOs. Exactly. Exactly. Moving on to the next game. We got an interesting game to say the least. We got San Francisco going to Dallas 4.30 p.m. Sunday. Well. You know what? Here, I think we we may go a different route. I don't know, but I I, I think the San Francisco 49ers in this run rushing attack is going to be too much for the Dallas Cowboys. I know much, you know. I know much is expected of the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm not one of those people. I'm, I'm looking at they don't pass the eyeball test for me. I think when, <laughs> when, when you put all the chips on the on the table, I think San Francisco's defense. I think that D line, the D line is coming off a dominant performance against the Rams. I think it's going to be too much for Dak Prescott. And just I haven't been wowed by the Dallas Cowboys all year. Uh, and San Francisco is a team. Jimmy Garoppolo has played really well the last time he was out on the field. So uh, you have that. And I, I'm not, you know, at, he he's playing well at the right moment. And I'm looking at the momentum. I'm looking at the confidence of this team. I think they go into Dallas. Uh, I think they go into Dallas and shock some people. I really do. I, this is one of my teams that I've, you know, I, I, this is – 49ers used to be my favorite team growing up. So I have an affinity, a certain affinity for them. But I, I just think that running game and Jimmy Garoppolo playing decent and that D-line from the uh, 49ers just be too much for, for Dallas. I, I, I don't think Dallas – I think they're, they're, they're out first round. This is a tale of com- two completely different teams. You got Smash Mouth Niners versus Finesse Cowboys, mm-hmm. right? This is kind of like, you know – the the Patriots Colts situation from years back with the Manning right. Brady days, you know, uh, right. Smash Mouth, you know, very physical team and, and versus a very finesse team. Um, the situation I have is I have no trust in Jimmy Garoppolo. That's my problem. Uh, I I trust Dak Prescott much more than I trust Jimmy Garoppolo. If if the game is put on Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulders, I don't trust that. Um, I, I just I don't. If he has to throw the ball more than 15 yards downfield, game's right. over. All right. right. Um, but at the same time, if they can lean on guys like Debo, if they can lean on guys mm-hmm. like Kittle, oh my goodness, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I agree. I, I I'll take San Francisco's defense, uh, defensive line, uh, to get pressure. On 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 Dak and 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 maybe you know slow up Zeke a little bit you know mm-hmm. um, because if I remember right the the other running back is out right he's he's gone yes. for the season yeah yes 
which which sucks for them because he was really having a great season uh, before he got hurt. Um, but I'm very close to saying the same thing as you. I I I'm I can see how San Francisco can take this game. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't trust Jimmy. I, I just I it's I so hard to trust Jimmy. I'm going out on a limb. <laughs> I know. I'm going out know. on a limb. I'm All going right. out I'm, on a limb. I'm, I'm taking Dallas. I figured that would be the one that we would. Yeah, you I'm know. taking Dallas, but I, I think it's going to be close in the first half. I think Dallas kind of pulls away uh, in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Okay. Uh, this, <laughs> this, I'm ready for this one. This might be the most lopsided game of the night. Well, see, see, the, 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 you know, this is this is where we're going to disagree. Yeah, well, hold on. About, I'm just saying when yeah. it comes to like betting, most oh, people are going to look at Kansas City in the Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh going to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, Kansas City's got this all day, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that—that's what right. your general ideas are going to be about. Am I—am I, am I wrong? Mm-mm. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And this is the game that I knew we would probably disagree with because I feel like Mike Tomlin and on this world, this last hurrah from Ben Rossberger, no one expected them to get into the playoffs. Because of because of what happened with the Colts, the domino effect allowed them to be in the playoffs in the first place when no one expected it. They were actually surprised they made it. I think I cannot count a Mike Tumlin coach team and this team. It scares me because Kansas City, as great as they are, as good as they are, and as talented as they are, this could be a trap game for them. I think that defense... Uh, the defense doesn't really they need to play well they need to they need to play well from the very start for the Kansas City Chiefs to have a chance but yeah I just something tells me this could be one of those games even though my heart of hearts tells me the Kansas City Chiefs and you know uh Travis Kelsey and and um the speed guy on the edge oh my gosh Hill. uh yes Hill you know, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Andy Reid, there's a lot to say they're definitely going to win this game. But Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season in 15-odd years. And I really feel like this is this will be his moment, his coaching moment, where we realize, like, just how good of a coach he really is. I think, he, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers win this game. I'm going on a limb. Wow. Wow, I got a boy, Joe Thorn- Thornburg, who is absolutely going to flip his shit on that because <laughs> he's a Steelers fan, and you know, I, I don't, I don't know if he trusts him to win this game. Uh, here's the thing: for Kansas City to win this game, they have to neutralize two people, one on mm-hmm. offense, one on defense, and the one on offense is not Ben Roethlisberger, it's Najee Harris. All right, <laughs> neutralize him, neutralize him. Their offense is done. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, at least that's my the, the, the way I've seen it. Najee Harris has been used uh, so much, uh, not only in the run game, but in the passing game as well. Uh, his stats, you know, yards per carry, that doesn't say what he means to this Steelers team, what he has meant to the Steelers team this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other guy, if you don't neutralize in some way, form, or fashion, TJ Watt, this game is going to get out of hand and not in your favor, okay? The man (laughs) holds the record 
this season for most yeah. sacks in a season. He just broke Mike yeah. Strahan's record, okay? Yeah. And he he's a handful. Yeah. I would not be surprised if they have a, a, a tackle, a tight end, and then <laughs> they're running back going out and helping chip in as well, okay? Right. To keep this man away from Patrick Mahomes, okay? Because mm. he's he, he has the ability. We talked about Max Crosby earlier. TJ Watt is in that, you know, they're, they're, they're similar guys that could just completely take over a game, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. TJ Watt can wreck a game. But, uh, yeah, I, I hopefully I, it's a long shot. It's a long shot. This is one of those games where I just know, you know, still a nation is pride, man. They, they, they're they playing for a lot of pride. And when you give a team that's that's counted out something to play for, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. You know, Big Ben, if they like Big Ben, they're going to go out and play for him, man. You know, you saw Mike Tomlin dancing in the uh, locker room after the game. You know, he was on the TikToks or whatever you want to call it. But um, <laughs> if if I think it's going to be a really close football game, I really do. I, I'm still going to go with Casey. I, I think that that offense I know it. It yeah. finds a way to to win this game. Uh, there's just so much talent on that offense. And the defense has been much better this year for Kansas mm-hmm. City, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think they find a way to win this game. Yeah. Last game, Monday night football. The Arizona Cardinals go to the L.A. Rams. This is going to be a fun game. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be – this is the game I'm I'm most looking forward to. There's guys coming back in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm most looking forward to this. And what Tyler Murray can do on the field, he's just elusive. He, he's box office. Anytime he steps on the field, you got a team that basically – far exceeded anyone's expectation in the early part of the year. The later part of the year, they, you know, they they struggled. So that makes me a little worrisome. But then you look at a guy like Matthew Stafford for the Rams, and in my opinion, he's under the most pressure of any player heading into the playoffs. It's his first time playing in the playoffs. A lot has been expected for him to bolster this team over the hump to get them back to the Super Bowl. And I think the pressure uh, and some of his decision-making lately, late in the season, has been a little head-scratching. And ultimately, I I know you got Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, who's been the best receiver in football this year. No one has stopped this man. No one has. I don't expect the Arizona Cardinals to stop him. But something tells me if I had to pick which quarterback that I would rely on I think I'm, I think I'm a side towards Kyler Murray, in a sense, because uh, he has the weapons to do it. He he just has this quiet confidence and poise about him. I just think a lot of pressure is going to be on Matthew Stafford, and at the end, I think the Arizona Cardinals wins this game. I really do. I really wow. feel like they 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 will have. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna shock some people. I think Tyler Murray. You know, creates his legacy against the Rams. Oh well, I mean, Kyler hasn't been the same guy since uh, Hopkins uh, has Mm -hmm. been gone, right? But a couple guys to take note of: JJ Watt may be back for this game. Mm, Okay, for the Cardinals, that would be a huge benefit. Something that they haven't had since halfway through the season when he went down with the injury. 
the Rams just today signed Eric Weddle. I saw that. I yeah. Saw that. Uh, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's a, that, that, that's a good veteran presence back there at the safety position. Yeah. Um, uh, even, you know, my issue here, I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have seen flashes of what I thought the Rams would be this year. Uh, mm-hmm. just a, a dominating offense with an incredibly good defensive line. Right. right. Uh, and, and I still think they still have that that offense that that passing attack. I think that is just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Odell's been playing phenomenal since he's went there. As mm-hmm. you talk about Cooper Cup, is just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No one can stop that man. No, no one. I, I don't even know if his own boy on his own <laughs> Jalen Ramsey can no, stop that no. guy right now. No, no. you know. Um, I I got the Rams winning this, but I think it's going to be the most explosive game uh, yeah. of the wild card weekend. I think this yeah. is a game yeah. where you're going to see at least 60, 65 points drop total on, yeah. in, in this game yeah. with, without yeah. any question in my mind. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with it. This is this is the game I'm waiting on. This is the game where you have, you have two – it's so many storylines, you know, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray taking the next step and getting guys back and the Matt Stafford may be winning his first playoff game. Right. Matt Stafford finally being able to play a playoff game. How would he, you know, how would he size up to it? You know, uh, he's had a, a, he's taken a bad rep by not winning the big game. Well, this is your moment. You have all the pieces mm-hmm. around you. So this is why they brought you here. This is another signature moment. We talked about with the Colts, the last game with certain players, you wanna, you don't want to be the reason why your team didn't win, uh, and he's in a position where everyone's focused on Matthew Stafford. This is going to be again. I I don't disagree with you. It's going to be a high scoring game. It's going to be an electric game. Uh, again, both of these both of these teams are box office. They have box office talents, so mm-hmm. everyone's going to be tuning in. And I feel like whoever wins this game has a really good chance to go deep in the playoffs and make a, a, a Super Bowl run. I really do feel like that. There you go. There you go. All right, man. Uh, that's it for me. Do you have any uh, extra things that you want you want to say before we get out of here? No, I'm all good, man. It's going to be exciting to watch some football and, uh, you know, pay attention to some of these uh, some of these games and see how this these uh, games unfold. A lot of teams that barely – Barely squeaked in, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm watching them. I know some of the Colts fans or some of the Browns fans will not get, will not believe I'm picking the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, that's one game I'm, I'm looking forward to as well to see how they compete. All right. Well, it was another great episode. Thanks for spending an hour with me before you got to head out today. Um, look forward to, to Monday's uh podcast as well and until next time i'm lawrence owen that's dequel jackson this was believe in colts brought to you by bet online and as usual go colts thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.